You have reached the voice mailbox of Game Thing Season 3 Simulators. You have 9 new messages. Tuesday, the 6th of December at 4:14 p.m. Hey Pippin, it's David and uh our time has come to an end with Simulators. The name of the road we've been driving on is called Simulators. It's time to drive somewhere else. <laughs> uh no, we've spent like a quarter of a year playing simulators. I know you crunch the numbers and it's like between the two of us, uh we've talked about these types of games for about eleven hours, I think plus. Uh I don't remember if that's including the preseason, but yeah, we've played fourteen games in about four months, which is quite a pace, especially considering I was on the road for some and you and I uh alternated being sick and we really lived and we learned and We've really been changed, right? Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I I don't really want this like wrap up to be like us going deep on. Well, we should go deep, but I don't want us to act like we're. And there, that was the point. This is the conclusion. These are all the big things about simulators. The reason we came. Why we built it. Why people came. Uh, I almost want this like wrap up to be. Sort of like a grease trap, <laughs> but for for uh, treasures, for things we wound up leaving on the table along the way to this point. And uh, I think one of the cautions against making a big conclusion about simulators and what they are accomplishing is, I feel like it's a thread I sort of want to pull on, because like if we say that, like, you know, farming simulator tells us what it is to be a farmer, then we have to sort of acknowledge or allow or try to understand. And I think we should maybe. Forget it. I already, within two sentences later, I'm already disagreeing with myself. But I feel like if we say that, then, you know, by extension, like video games, like there's something going on there too that resembles real life, even though it feels like to me very often that's the opposite of what they're trying to do. But I think like to to lump all this onto simulators and to just pretend it's something different because we call it something different, I think doesn't wash. And I think back, and you and I, we talked a lot about how we disobediently, I don't know if this is a through line here, we talked a lot about how we disobediently play games, um, especially in colonization. And my understanding of simulators based on the readings I've been doing, which I could be wrong, I've been maybe even reading all the wrong things, but my understanding of simulators is that there is no right or wrong, that these are just sort of tools and playgrounds, so they only are. Um, and I read a lot of stuff that calls them utopian, and I don't know if that's right. I feel like a lot of our quote-unquote wrong play was around trying to find ourselves in these games, and I feel like maybe Alter Ego sort of set us down that path, but I think I first asked that question in Ecosystem, but... You know, I want to know, Pippin, what did we miss? You know, what rights can we, no, what wrongs can we right here? <laughs> what ideas did we underdevelop and, uh, you know, what did we never poke at? Let me know what comes to mind. I'm uh, really looking forward to this. Bye. Tuesday, the 6th of December at 8.27 p.m. Hey, David. It is me, Pippin Barr, sitting in my living room in front of the giant TV I played most of uh, the games on this season. And I was trying to think about what game things 
were left on the table. There's plenty, <laughs> uh, but where to begin, where to begin? And I think uh, maybe the most obvious thing is just there's a game uh, I didn't pick that I regret. I don't know where I would have put it, but um, Construction Simulator, this won't surprise you. you, you know that we were thinking about it. Um, it really fit the bill, I thought, for a game... I guess that just that that matches what I thought of as the simulator game genre before we began all of this, which was that they would be games that simulated jobs. You know, Euro Truck Simulator is the classic. Farming Simulator. Um, I've taken a look at North Atlantic Fishing Simulator. Like all of these things, where it's like stuff people do uh, for money, I guess, uh, in the kind of giant global economy, uh, making things work, kind of stuff. That usually involves complicated equipment and protocols. And in the end, during our season, we just didn't we didn't have a game like that. Maybe in reaction to the way that we thought it, you know, the simulator genre wants to be. Um, but it means I feel like there's a hole uh, in my understanding. Um, I've played a, a decent amount of construction simulator in my own time, <laughs> partly because Felix uh, loves it, of course, because you get to drive around in diggers and bulldozers and a truck and all of that sort of stuff. And I'm not going to get into it because we don't have time. But I, I found it really a very interesting insight, or maybe it wasn't an insight, but it felt like a, a portal into a job that I see people doing all the time. Um, that I realized as I as I did stuff in Construction Simulator, I had never really thought uh, in an embodied way about what they were doing, I guess. And I'm sure that it's very flawed, and I, I'm guessing if somebody who works construction uh, takes a look at Construction Simulator, they see a lot there that doesn't reflect their experience. Um, but just as one example, I thought it was really magical to get a chance um, to feel sort of at one with a crane that I was using to pick up letters to put on the top of a hotel as a sign. And just as I did it more and more, that build-up that, that you get with video games and that you get with practicing any skill, uh, that the crane was no longer this kind of janky thing that I didn't understand, but that I was, like, developing this understanding of, of how it would move, what it would do next, how the, the cable would swing. And just sort of assuming, I guess, that this is what real crane operators do with real cranes, that you can have that kind of knowledge, and that I was able to have it um, safely. <laughs> uh, so that's that's maybe the, the game uh, that I left on the table that I, I have I have regrets about, but at least I got to talk about it now. What about you? What's up? What's down? Wednesday, the 7th of December, at 11.04am. Hey, Pippin. Good morning. Uh... And if I don't see you later, good afternoon and good evening and good night. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Um, I think I messaged you already over the weekend. It's worth saying again. Uh, it's going to be weird, you know, not playing simulators anymore, not thinking. I mean, I don't know. We're not done with them. And uh, But, you know, you and I, we've spent more of our lifetimes not playing them than we have. And events just sort of stacked with game thing where, you know, we've devoted a lot of time to them. And we obviously didn't pick every simulator. We only we only played 14, including the uh, preseason. 
and together we made a list of 63 games to choose from. And those are just the ones you and I remembered to write down. I know we talked about many others. I know I played more than we picked, and as you just said, you've played more than uh, than you picked. And, you know, we'll never play them all. There are more coming out. So there, there are probably, you know, at a minimum, 14 simulators came out a week since we started doing this. I'm sure there were more. Um, so it's just it's 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 a uh, it's futile to to pretend that we've seen all of them. On the other hand, you know, it might feel like a drop in the ocean, but oceans are made of drops. So I think there is something we can walk away from here, uh, if not putting a bow on, at least feeling like, oh, okay, I understand blank now. Uh, and I know that like this will sound crass or rough, but like. Or, or insulting or critical, but like my understanding uh, of simulators now is like sort of the thing you were talking about, where like it's I think it's appropriate to sort of hem and haw and be like, <laughs> like I don't I don't think you or I would either, would ever go up to a police officer or you would go up to a construction worker and like pat them on the back and be like, yeah, I know what your deal is, I know what your life is like because I played construction <laughs> simulator in 2022. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like, in a way, simulators are cheap copies. And that sounds bad, it sounds good. Uh, it's just that, you know, I, I waded into and read and lurked on so many discussions about simulators. In addition to the reading we've done, I know very early on in preseason I talked about, like, things I noticed people talking about with a particular game. But I also saw a lot of discussions of people talking about the genre in general, and I would see people like on Steam with hundreds and hundreds of hours logged on other games wander into discussions of, you know, if not the games we played, the types of games we played, and just this great incredulity uh, being ladled out. Why would anyone play a simulator? I don't get it. Why would anyone pretend to be blah, blah, blah? And if you believe it, they didn't really come to an understanding. They didn't really... They didn't really crack the answer uh, in a satisfying way for the other person because they came in just looking to not believe and wanting to claiming to want to understand. But I think they just, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but, you know, the people who are responding in our sort of position, or obviously they're more greater devotees than us, uh, you know, they were like, well, I just basically want to try it out. You know, um, I, I, I think like, so cheap copy meaning like, Sixty dollars is uh, much cheaper than going to flight school, and you get to be exposed to just seeing what it's like to be in the cockpit. Uh, you know, in the flight simulator example, and they get to try these other things out. Maybe it leads to a real life interest, and it bleeds through in uh, other ways. But I think, like, rather than any type of skill set. You know, I said very early on, I was interested in small moments done well. And I wasn't talking so much about systems and learning. It was more like a sort of experiential uncanny valley of this feeling of, not in like a repulsive way, but like in a deja vu type way. And I don't know if I came across it. You may jostle lose some memory the more we uh, talk about these things. But that's sort of like a thing I think I'm going to be trying to keep an eye out and hoping to catch a sight of. Um, 
that I don't think I would have been exposed to uh, or aware of uh, as much if we hadn't been playing uh, simulators. And so one other big important point I want to make is... Wednesday, the 7th of December at 1.45pm. Hey David, uh, it sounds like you got cut off by the machine there. Um, but maybe your big important point will correspond to the second game thing that I want to pick up off the table or the floor or out of the grease trap. Uh, which revolves around the question of, you know, what are simulators for? And if I were being snappy, I might say that they're about showing us what really happens. Um, often they're non-interactive uh, in the science world. They're sort of more, you have some starting conditions and you see where they lead. Uh, so there was that simulated engine we, we saw on YouTube that was about generating authentic noise through physical simulation uh, there's a really neat uh, water-based economic model that I cannot remember the name of right now, but it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, it's about like, here's what happens in the world in a little sort of reduced example. And of course, you can get to then to sort of real-time input into these simulations, and that starts to be what games are. Uh, but we're talking about simulator games. And so that word simulator, I think, kind of puts pressure on the game still to have this idea of what we experience in the game is true to life. Uh, it's what really happens. So when we play Wolf Quest, the wolves do what the wolves would really do uh, in real life. The fish in ecosystem swim the way that they would really swim in real life, given physics, um, and so on, right? Uh, but like anything modeled on a computer or, or modeled in any way, it can't be perfect. Uh, it can't be complete. Uh, it's like uh, Borges's The Map and the Territory, right? There's no way to make your game correspond to the entirety of reality and everything that might be relevant uh, to the phenomenon that you're simulating. Uh, and so you end up with what I, I called, uh, when we were talking about House Flipper, uh, the simulation boundary, that sort of point at which the simulation ends, the realism ends, and you have all of the kind of other stuff that's necessarily there, uh, and including, you know, the implication of all the stuff that's that's not there. Um, and some of that boundary, or, you know, some of the stuff that falls outside the boundary, I should say, uh, is just stuff that you can't do uh, or it's seen as irrelevant uh, or both. So, you know, there's no direct physical modeling in WolfQuest uh, when the wolf bites uh, its prey. Uh, it's just an animation, unlike an ecosystem, uh, right, where the swimming is, is being physically modeled to some level of detail. Uh, there's no people in BMNG Drive for whatever reason. There's no happiness in colonization. <laughs> that sounds like a truism almost. Um, and then some of the boundary is uh, the simulator coming up against games as a cultural form and the set of expectations that games uh, bring with them or that players bring with them. So, you know, as, as we saw, WolfQuest was redesigned, quote, from the ground up. Uh, for modern gaming expectations, end quote. Or in House Flipper, you get these ridiculous uh, cleaning superpowers that correspond to, to nothing uh, that we have in real life, like painting a wall from 10 meters away or clearing garbage by making it vanish into a sort of unknown void. Uh, in Colonization, there's no addressing of slavery or genocide, essentially, because it would kill the, the gaming vibe. Um, and I actually did my master's on metaphor use and interface design, and this stuff at the simulation boundary and the sort of the gaming simulation boundary especially makes me think of metaphors and this idea of metaphorical entailments that 
a metaphor doesn't take everything about the metaphor seriously. So you say Juliet is the sun, you don't mean that Juliet will you know, burn you to a crisp if you get near her. Um, so maybe these simulators, in a way, are like poetic language. Uh, you know, they're picking and choosing uh, amongst meanings uh, to, to be what they are. Thursday, the 8th of December, at 10.17 a.m. Hey, Pippin. Good morning. So you said a lot of really great stuff. And, you know, <clears throat> the most potent thing, of course, is that Games are a metaphor, and one of my biggest bones to pick with games criticism is how often game critics wind up projecting things onto games that uh, may not really be there, and I'm so torn even really laying this out, um, because mainly like my feeling is like, well... If games are so impactful and so full of meaning, uh, it should be clear in the playing of it. It shouldn't take a writer a lot of tap dancing to draw it out, um, which is not in any way meant to diminish the work being done by writers and critics and people seeing those things and teasing it out. It's just that I want games to be doing the heavy lifting as well. So um, within the narrower cone of simulators, I mean, the knee-jerk assumption is that, oh, well, they're showing us what really happens. And as you correctly said, uh, they can never be perfect or complete. And I mean, I think even the term simulator, like I just called it a cone, it's like it's an ice cream cone <laughs> inside of a safety cone. Uh, because even tweaking the word simulator to call it simulation as uh, people who have worked on uh, Flight Simulator have told me, like those that, that those three two letter change to the word completely tweaks the meaning. Like like I don't think pilots would ever say, "Oh, I'm playing a simulator." I don't even think <laughs> you know simulations are important things. So uh, within the context of like what we've been looking at, I mean, I'm curious to hear without us doing all the heavy projecting things that are not there. I mean, what do you feel like they've been a, a metaphor for? And I think of like a very disempowering way in which simulators are very real, which is that it's very much like the real world, which is like when you have a problem or a complaint about what's happening, it doesn't change the reality of what's just happened to you. Um, and I don't know. I mean, even bringing disempowerment into it is sort of confusing because there's been a whole body of work out there, writers talking about the potential in games as disempowerment fantasies in certain types of games, where as you go along, you get less and less powerful. But I think ultimately, like, uh, all games are kind of disempowering, but like, like the cheap copy things is like a good or bad thing because games are a distraction and that's a good or bad thing because it sort of takes you out of your life and lets you, uh, be somewhere else for a while. But, I guess like to really uh, what I'm wondering is like if the, if the games we've been playing so far are metaphors, I mean, to you, when does the metaphor begin to sweat? When do we need to wipe our brow, our gaming brows? All right. Bye, Pippin. Thursday, the 8th of December at 3.24 p.m. Hey, David, it's Pippin back with my third and final game thing uh, that was stuck in the grease trap. And... 
a lot of what you said, I think, ties into what I wanted to do, uh, which is return to the desert of the real, which, uh, you know, I, I brought up Jean Baudrillard in the introduction and didn't talk about the desert of the real maybe enough or his, his ideas about simulators and simulations. Uh, so I wanted to at least have a go. So the desert of the real was, was that idea that contemporary media are so compelling and so hyper-real, um, was the word that Baudrillard used, that people kind of flock to them because they're so attractive and reality uh, kind of gets abandoned, so it becomes the desert of the real. Uh, and I've expressed the idea that maybe, uh, you know, simulator games and other kinds of <laughs> semi-boring media, in a sense, or at least on the surface, uh, maybe that ties back to your Steam commenters, like, why would anyone do this? Uh, that those sorts of games represent a kind of fleeing uh, back to a kind of comforting, less hyper uh, space that is still not reality, but it's like a sort of, you know, a halfway point uh, from hyper-reality back towards good old reality. Um, and the thing that, that really makes me think about that in a bunch of the simulators that we played and that I hear about is the way that they tend to... I don't know, it seems like they're representing a kind of life at low intensity. Um, you know, driving a truck for hours, uh, flying a long-haul, you know, A380 flight to Australia or something. Things that take a long time um, and, and a lot of skill, but that aren't necessarily uh, thrilling uh, in the moment. And maybe part of the reason that simulators do that kind of work is um, they kind of can't include some of the game stuff that makes games so um, compelling and compulsive, like, you know, timers or extreme forms of opposition, etc., uh, because those things feel like they just fall too far outside the simulation boundary I was talking about. Um, and so, you know, you don't have simulators with high-pressure timers because that's, you know, it's just, it's it's a bridge too far, right? And so um, Bernard Suits had this great description of games, which was the voluntary attempt to overcome unnecessary obstacles, like a timer, for example. And with simula simulators, it kind of becomes the voluntary attempt to overcome necessary obstacles, uh, a.k.a. You know, do your job. Um, so there's this pacing thing, I think, um, in these simulators. The idea that you're not in a, not in a hurry. Uh, there are exceptions, uh, you know, like when you're chasing an elk. <laughs> but by but by and large, it doesn't feel like life is going at this extreme pace. Um, and as a, just a tiny addendum to that, as I as I run out of time. Um, it also makes me think of hyper-agency in, in a similar vein, right? Like, one of the things I really love about at least some of the simulators that we played and lots of the simulators I hear about is the sense that you're part of a larger machine, um, you know, that life is going on around and without you. And I find that comforting. Um, and it's kind of an opposition, again, to the sort of hyper-agency of, you know, regular games where you're sort of the driving force of the world. And if you... In many games, if you don't do something, nothing happens, right? Uh, or there's no point to the world if you're if you're not acting uh, on it. Whereas I think a lot of the simulators, if you think of ecosystem, Wolf Quest, colonization, game dev story, there are other people out there. There are people, David, out there. Thursday, the eighth of December, at five thirty-nine p.m. Friday, 
the 9th of December at 5.48 p.m. Mr. Pippinbar, I present to you my greasiest thought yet. Please wear some gloves or uh, tear off a couple of paper towels or use a dish towel, whatever the eco-friendliest option is for what I'm about to try to explore. So, I think I'd take a couple cracks trying to figure out how to explain this, but I talked very early on, and I still keep thinking of simulators as like, like looking into a microscope onto the slide of like moments, small moments done well. And in my mind's eye, I pictured something like a beautiful fountain in a very serene park or somewhere very pleasant to be in where you're playing and you're like, hey, something here is telling me to slow down and notice. And you see those in like, quote unquote, bigger games or, you know, your garden variety, big action games, Um, but not as like the main event. And I don't think they're the main event in simulators either. And I don't even think we really saw a lot of it in what we played, which is not a diss against the stuff we did play. It's just what I was personally curious about. So ironically, uh, I've seen it the most in something we never picked, but I think both almost picked, and then wound up out of maybe extreme politeness never picking, uh, which is airplane mode, which is, as you may be able to deduce, I'm outside, don't have my notes. Um, but it's a game that came out quite some time ago and is the one I've been spending a lot of time with since we're quote unquote done with simulators. And so it's a game where you're sitting there, uh, sitting there in the game, sitting in coach for a literal two hour plus or six hour plus flight. And you can flip through magazines. You can roll the window up or down. You can look out the window Um, and then there's like other stuff too which is like a little more alarming like you can turn the air nozzle on above you and you can visibly see some sort of gas coming down Um, and I think it's like simulators as a stand-in is fascinating and it's this is like maybe like one of the ultimate lol why would anyone play this thing like that's certainly a lot of the conversation around it but I think a simulator is like, and that thing in particular is like existing in multiple times at once where you sort of file away this experience and you think about it later when you experience the real thing, like a sort of experiential deja vu. Um, so that's kind of all I was talking about and I guess I'll have to be on the lookout for Saturday, the 10th of December, at 12.15 p.m. Hey, David. Well, we've reached the uh, the end of the tape on this one, and the season is done. I came into this one not having played or thought about simulators much at all, uh, just like you. And if anything, I think I was mostly excited for my son Felix who finds the legibility of simulators appealing, right? It's like police, construction, driving cars, 
uh, kind of no hidden rules or complex narratives or subtexts going on. Um, just people and things doing their jobs, which for him is great. Um, and airplane mode, which you brought up, is a great example of that legibility. Uh, just to fill in the blanks, it was developed by Bakrinam, a.k.a. Hosni Alji, uh, released in 2020. And that's also a game I really love uh, for its, you know, its clearing of space to have experiences uh, and to, to create moments, small moments done well. Uh, because I think, you know, that thing that you're talking about is... Uh, it's a real collaboration between the game and the player, right? You have to, you have to make an effort uh, to have those experiences. And, you know, maybe we're talking about the sublime when we talk about that, or, you know, the small sublime, <laughs> the micro sublime. And I think that's something worth chasing. I think that that's a thing that video games do especially well, in my experience. Um, but we'll need to keep our eyes and our microscopes uh, peeled as we go on uh, to find it. And, you know, for myself, I think I found a lot of small moments done well, um, at least, you know, by my interpretation of that um, in the games that we played. Uh, you know, that, that those fleeting moments of my wolf's teeth clamped on an elk's hind leg, I've talked about, I've talked about that a lot, that meant something to me. Uh, and registered very strongly, uh, drifting alongside the awkward fish and ecosystem that are just <laughs> doing their best, which is not very good, uh, and sitting and paying attention to the bouncing guy in the game dev story dialogue box was was a way that I pulled myself out of kind of <laughs> capitalist consumer society depression. Um, just uh, just a beautiful tween uh, in the sense of animation, not in the sense of uh, the age group. Um, you know, so what's next for Game Thing, then? When we've done this, we should really get started on the next season, I think. Uh, and I do have an idea for it, but I'm uh, too scared to tell you over the phone. Bye, David. End of messages. Thank you for calling Game Thing. For more information, please hang up and dial GameThing.life. Your call is important to us. While you hold for the next season, consider supporting GameThing at patreon.com slash other game things. Goodbye.